Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Second City podcast. Uh, my name's Daniel. I'm here, as always, with Callum. Um, almost as always, anyway, because obviously it's been a couple <laughs> of weeks since we did one of these. Um, you can blame Callum for why we were away last week. Yeah. So, Cal, explain yourself. Yeah, well, we planned. We had it all planned out so perfectly. I'd go on holiday. We'd have an episode in the tank. And we'd come back the following week like nothing ever happened. And uh, I went and got food poisoning on the Sunday night um, after the, the Villa Man United game. And uh, I was I was not really with it on Monday and Tuesday. So <laughs> we had the podcast had to go to one side. I was asleep and that was it. Well, you're feeling better now, though. Yeah, feeling much better. M- much better, much better. Good, I'm, like, I'm actually eating again now. So we'll take it. Good, glad to hear that. And you had a good time skiing, you survived the Alps or wherever it is you went? Yeah, yeah. So we went we went to quite a few ski resorts in Austria. One of them you may have heard of, Kitzbühel, the quite famous one. Um they do a big uh, they do one of the big (laughs) some one of the big skiing races happens there if you're into skiing. Um and were you competing in that? No, there's like so there's like the main like run down, which is what they compete on, but then there's like easier way like you sort of zigzag through the mountain rather than just oh, yeah. down yeah but yeah a couple of war wounds but n- nothing 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 broken i'm alive good, good good glad to hear it um but yeah so we hope everyone enjoyed the uh the steve bruce episode we did the other week um bit more obviously it's been especially for blues there's been a lot of games since um since we last did one of these so we'll try and catch everything up and get up to speed. A lot's happened. Um, obviously, some big news at Blues this week. Um, and obviously, a few twists and turns in Villa's season. So it's all been very interesting and a lot to catch up on. Um, but we'll start, as we always do, with what we're wearing. And Cal, who's going first this week, me or you? I think I'll guess yours first this week, because I feel sure. like we've been the other way around for a while. Um, I recognise this shirt. And obviously, the very famous XTEP branding. What is it? Is yeah. it a fish and chip investment on the front? It is. It is, yep. Home show. Yeah. It's so got the sort of, I'd... for anyone listening, it's like the sort of V, like yeah. on the across the chest, like Man United had a similar one around the same time. Yes, they did, yeah. Mm. Um, well, I think this one's quite easy because that, I believe, is the kit you uh, won the League Cup in, which would be 10-11. It is, yes. And it is, of course, of course, on my um, famous kits poster behind me, just in the bottom corner here. Um, yeah, this is the 2010-11 home shirt. Uh, and it will be, next week will be, I think it's next Tuesday, will be 13 years to the day since we since we won the League Cup, which has flown by. 13 years? Yeah, that is actually years. insane. Like, yeah, I remember crazy. that so well. <laughs> yeah, um obviously probably the most famous individual day in in the club's history um kind of obviously there's been i don't know it's kind of not much i can say about it that isn't recounted by every blues fan ever but it's like um you know beating villa in the quarterfinals at night in in the snow Zigic scoring um obviously we beat west ham 3-1 in the second leg of the semi-finals to win 4-3 on aggregate and then beating arsenal at the final uh at wembley uh, I was going to say a minute ago, Ziggy, I've got a mug of the CFAC style with of the Villa game, but it's actually the cup final, Arsenal. Um, that's the one I'm thinking of. I've got that. Um, yeah, beating Arsenal 2-1 at Wembley. I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of mad where that's gone and all the, 
that time has gone. Um, yeah, some great memories, a great team, like Stephen Carr as the captain, Ben Foster, Roger Johnson, Scott Dan, Barry Ferguson, Lee Bowyer, Kevin Phillips, Cameron Jerome, Nicholas Eich, Seb Larson, Keith Fahey. Um, yeah, just a, like a really great, you know, as a kid especially, like a really like inspiring team and stuff. Um which makes it all the more baffling that we then got relegated in the May as well. Um, way too good to go down, in my opinion, that team. On 39 points as well. I was going to say, you had would... quite a lot of points to go down on as well. Yeah, that, these days that would comfortably keep you up. But um, And obviously, we you know, we haven't been back up since. So it's really it really was a hugely, you know, a, a flagpost season, a signpost season in our history, really. Um, and kind of the, it kind of, life as a blues fan compressed into one season really kind of the ups and downs of it um but uh, i think a lot of blues fans would agree with me i'd never trade in that cup win for the for survival or anything quarter final semi final final just live on forever really um so yeah i thought a week early but where in in tribute to the uh, the league cup final uh, the league cup season thought where 2010 11 home yeah uh you you've gone very old school uh yeah it's a home yeah. it looks like and it, um, it's got the old badge like the circular one which the, the current badge is kind of based on uh but yeah this would have been an umbro kit this is yeah a it's a remake isn't um, it yeah so yeah claret blue collar with a popper on it not a button a popper um it's got like this tr mm. downward triangle sort of pattern sort of faded into the claret and then there's well, think... some weird claret detailing on the sleeves as well I think it's 90s. I'm going to say. Mitre Copier's sponsor. Yeah, I'm going to say 90, 1993 home. Oh, that's a great shout. It's a really it? good shout. So it's 1990 to 1991 home. Okay, not far off. So you're not far off at all. Uh, believe it or not, I don't remember this season because we weren't born. You weren't, you weren't, we weren't um, born, no. No, but the one game that this shirt has been to was a win when we beat Burnley a few weeks ago just on... Uh, the day before New Year's Eve. Um, so it's got a 100% win record, which means it can definitely go to games in the future at the moment. Unlike my Petrov shirt that I've worn before, that's never going to another game ever again because it always ends in tears. Um, but this <laughs> this season in particular, um, so the year before we finished runners-up in the old first division and then we finished 17th um, with 41 points. Uh, we you needed to be 19th to get relegated to the second division. Um, so we were about seven points clear of going down. So a bit of a, a come down really from the year before. We only won nine league games. Um, second round of the UEFA Cup, fifth round of the League Cup and the third round of the FA Cup. So it was a really poor season. Um, the top goal scorer was David Platt though. He's got 24 goals. So very crucial in sort of keeping us up. And uh, the manager back then was Joseph Vengelos. One who's fell into the history books, hasn't he? Like, yeah, the, never the, heard he, of him. You know, he, he he's a footnote along with the likes of Remy Gard will be in like yeah. fifteen years, and like Di Matteo, yeah, completely forgettable. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's not very long before the the Premier League actually started, where we finished second in the very first year of that. So this season's very much an anomaly for kind of how good we were around that time really so um mm. but the kit is an absolute banger it's a shame it's not an original um uh, but i love this shirt um one that would do well with a modern remake 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot about it probably is like a generational thing, but like the nineties kits kind of coming back into fashion and stuff. And I'm surprised, like surprise clubs aren't getting more on like specific nineties remakes. I think that might be a trend that really kicks in as the decade goes on, maybe. But I'd definitely be up for that. Some some of the blues Triton showers kits. Yeah, man. <laughs> let's see, let's see some of that. But like West Ham did a really nice tribute kit was it two or three seasons ago when they remade like the old doc martin's um sponsored shirt and that was like that's like the perfect way to do a modern classic yeah remake. of course um as well as like we've had one i think i wore it in the mcleish episode which was like a like a an under armor modern remake of an older way kit and it was it was like it's an okay attempt but it's they didn't really go for it and so it's like a bit half-assed sure. uh, although it's a nice it's a nice enough shirt but it's not you wouldn't look at it and go, "Oh my god, it's that! It's a redo of that kit." <laughs> yeah, of course, um, of course. But yeah, we'll see what Adidas can bring to the table next year. I'm very excited to see. Very interesting. Shall we get into the the real news this week? Onto the what what's been happening and so on. Um, just start with Blues or Villa. I think we should start. Do you want to start with the Tony Mowbray stuff? Because yeah, that's... of course, yeah. Yet again, Dan, you're going to have another manager in the dugout this yeah, season. So, so we'll have had, um, across, including interims, we'll have had five managers this season. So <laughs> You've had more managers this season than we've done Second City Story episodes. Yes, so we'll have had Eustace, <laughs> uh, yeah, Eustace, Rooney, Spooner, Mowbray, and now Mark Venus. But obviously, circumstances are very different this time. Um, I don't know about you, it's took me completely by surprise. Uh, I'd imagine most people, to be fair. Um, yeah, so the, the club have put a statement out saying that Mowbray basically is going to be away for a few weeks, six to eight weeks, they reckon, um, on medical grounds. So uh, I'll just read a little excerpt to the statement here. So Birmingham City can confirm that Tony Mowbray requires medical treatment, which means he will be temporarily stepping away from the on-site management of the club for approximately six to eight weeks. Uh, assistant manager Mark Venus will assume temporary responsibility for the team with immediate effect. And Mowbray said this was following his recent uh, League Managers Association health assessment. And... Uh, before he returns, or whilst he's away, Venus will be supported by coaches Ashley Cole, Pete Shuttleworth and Mike Taylor. But he says he will continue to provide advice and counsel whilst undergoing treatment. And then the statement concluded with Chief Exec Gary Cook just wishing him well and a speedy recovery and so on. Um, so we haven't really got, even though it's obviously huge news and obviously means he'll be away for the bulk of the run into the end of the season. Um, hopefully we'll see him back in the dugout before the end of the season, obviously. It says six to eight weeks, but I assume with these things, you never know, obviously. Um, despite it being such huge news, there's not really much we can say about it, obviously. Um, other than, obviously, from both of us, we hope it's nothing serious. We wish Tony and his, his family well. Get well soon, Tony. Yes, get well soon. Um, yeah, we hope it's nothing serious. And uh, obviously puts all the football into perspective and so on. So obviously everything we say going forward comes with like the asterisk of between the grand scheme of things is not that important, you know. Um because uh, obviously, you know, Tony's health and so on is uh, the main thing. So, yeah, get well soon, Tony. It'd be a shame not having him in the dugout because I think the fans have already taken to him really quickly. But do what's best for his health and his well-being and so on. So, absolutely the right thing to do. Um, so, yeah, but means Mark Venus is going to be filling in for him. Mark Venus has been with Tony Mowbray as his assistant basically everywhere he's been since they worked together at Hibernian starting in 2004. He's followed him everywhere. If anyone is 
you know, primed to basically be Mowbray. It's him. And I'm hoping from a football perspective, it just galvanizes the team more than anything rather than disrupting anything further. Um, so in, in a football sense, I'm not too worried, to be honest. And I think we've proven in the last couple of games how um, how much we've improved and how much things are looking up and that these players can do it and can get us over the line and can get us a respectable league finish before the end of the season. So yeah, get well soon, Tony. And we'll get back onto kind of the results that have been have been going on recently. I think the last game we covered up to date was the FA Cup fourth round, I think, was when Leicester beat us 3-0, which feels like ages ago. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, it feels like ages ago. Um, but since then, so we've had a few games. We uh, lost to West Brom away 1-0, which was frustrating because we've beaten Baggies four times in a row and I you know, always love winning that game. But a little bit unlucky, not, not a great game by, by, by any means, really. So, yeah, a bit unfortunate to lose that one. We lost 2-0 to Sheffield Wednesday on a Friday night. Um, easily the worst performance under Tony Mowbray in Mowbray's tenure. And even then, it wasn't like a, some of the performances we saw in the Rooney era. You know, we were still making chances and so on, but to lose to a Sheffield United... Uh, sorry, Sheffield Wednesday team. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. Uh, Sheffield United are pretty bad as well, to be fair, at the minute. But, um, but to lose to a Sheffield Wednesday team that were like second bottom and were leaking goals for fun and having a really poor second half was disappointing. And I think that's the only point in the Mowbray tenure where things have kind of, there's been a lot of discon like people have been really unhappy after a game. Um, but since then we've had two home games. We played Blackburn and Sunderland, obviously two of Mowbray's former teams. So we played Blackburn the a week ago. We're recording on Tuesday. It would be a week ago tonight. Um, and we won 1-0, played really well. Should have had three or four probably. Tyler Roberts, who otherwise played well, missed a few absolute sitters, I've got to say. Um, but actually new signing Andre Dezel scored a late goal 76th minute I think it was and just huge relief around the stadium um, with that and then on Sunday we followed uh, sorry on Saturday we followed it up against Sunderland that's where I got confused there um, and we despite going 1-0 down we turned it around to win 2-1 um, so six points from two home games in a week huge improvement up to 15th now and it's just about kicking on from here really but I was really impressed with the second half against Sunderland. First half, I think we were comfortably second best. Um, gave a silly goal away, uh, which the, uh, Jack Clark capitalised on a defensive mistake to score. But we just showed all our character in the second half and you know goals from John James and Koji Miyashi turned it around for us. And it was really... So it was the first time we've sold out since we played you last time in 2019. Um, first time San Andreas has been sold out since then. Um, Crazy. Obviously, in the circumstance of the stadium being fully but, but open, but it's circumstantial because it wasn't open and COVID sure, sure, and... sure. But we probably wouldn't have anyway. Our crowds haven't been great the last few years, um, and it was really special. Like when that winner went in, seeing like the tilt and like completely full and and bouncing. It was really special when that winner went in, and just performance-wise, things have felt a lot more positive. And some of the new signings coming in have really made a difference in the midfield too. We actually played an unchanged team as well across the Blackburn and Sunderland game. And the midfield two of um, uh, the new signings, Peck Sung-Ho and Andre Dezel starting has made such a huge difference. With Dezel, I was a little bit... I wouldn't say I was... Yeah, it probably is fair to say I was sceptical when he came in. Not in like a... 
Absolutely, I'll give him a chance. Absolutely, see see him for myself. But I wasn't like wow, you know, it wasn't like a wow signing because if he's not getting in QPR's team, who are right down there at the uh, at the minute in the relegation battle, why are we taking him on loan from them? But he's almost exactly what we need. He's a really progressive defensive midfielder, goes deep to get the ball and will spin and get the ball further up the pitch in you know one motion or like one movement. You know, it's really um, really helped with our like build up play. And then Peck Sung Ho, um, he actually he is actually was kind of at fault for the goal against. Well, he was at fault for the goal against Sunderland. Give the ball away, tried to pass to Mark Roberts, and it was a kind of a light pass. And Jack Clark ends up getting the ball and goes to score. But other than that, he's been absolutely exceptional. Great passer of the ball. It looks like spraying passes around, not scared of a tackle, very composed. And so I'm really excited to see them two more going forward. I think it's really promising and bringing in them two and Pritchard in this window is. Obviously, Pritchard's injured at the minute, but that the midfield has really strengthened in that window. So, it, you know, the, we are a better team now than we were before January. Um, so, yeah, in summary, just a really positive week for the club, despite obviously this news with Mowbray. Um, and I'm just, I am op- optimistic now going towards the end of the season. I think it will be about, but not obviously, I say obviously, you never know, ever, ever know in the championship, but we're not going to get playoffs. We're probably like, we're probably not going to get top half. But it's just about let's just get over the line. Let's you know have a strong into the season as strong as possible. Um, and in the summer we've got a lot of players out of contract, I believe. In the summer, who by all accounts are on big wages, uh, players like Etheridge, uh, Hogan, I think Mark Roberts is out of contract in the summer. Gary Gardner, um, I think Yukovic is out of contract, but it, obviously it, that would break my heart. But <laughs> um, so. Um, so the summer could be like a real re- rebuild opportunity and reinvest a lot of money um, to, you know, go again for hopefully a much better season next season. But I'm wearing the 2010-11 kit. And if I've learned anything from that season, it's uh, until the job is done, don't don't plan ahead too much. Because I remember we had 38 points with six games of this season left, I think it was. Uh, we picked up one point from the last six games and we got relegated on 39 points. So we went from no chance of be going down to going down. Um, so yeah, until it's done. Um, yeah, not not celebrating just yet. But uh, in terms of man of the match, I, even though he made the mistake for the goal against Sunderland, I'm just going to give it a general across the two games. Peck Sung Ho, really impressive. He'd be like a joint game man of the match. I was so impressed with him. Uh, and my three-word... I'll, I'll give a three-word week review. Uh, exciting times ahead is my three-word review. Would be my uh, my review. And a grade? Uh, hmm. I'd say for Sunderland, I'd say uh, B plus. B plus. Just for like the full we, how. We do have B pluses. Do is that a thing? Yeah. Is it no, it's not a thing, is it? Uh, I'll say uh, I'll say a B then. A B. Feels a bit, a bit harsh, maybe. Only because Sunderland were much better than us in the first half. But once the goals went in, it's a great atmosphere. Three points, massive deal. So, yeah, I'll say it'd be. I'll say it'd be. Yeah. We can't, we can't be doing this plus or minus stuff. Sorry, yeah. I'll just get convoluted then. Yeah, It's been if, <laughs> weeks since we did one of these. I forgot what the I'll, I'll, well, if, if it gets there, we can have an A star. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah. But A star is a grade, so that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. a separate idea, of course. Um. <laughs> Doing the classic grades, not this rubbish numbers. Oh, yeah, what do they do yeah, now? now? One to nine, or whatever it is. <laughs> but yeah, so that was uh, Blues on the pitch. Um, what about 
your end, Villa, you played Fulham at the weekend? Yeah, so um, we'll go back in time a little bit. Um, when we last did a, a normal podcast, I completely forgot about the Newcastle game and didn't mention it. <laughs> yes, um, you texted me afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> We're playing Newcastle tomorrow night. I forgot. I completely <laughs> forgot. Um, probably for the best because it was not a great night um, where we lost 3-1 um, and we didn't get going for a good 60-odd minutes. And then the last 10 minutes, we sort of tailed off as well. Um if it wasn't for an offside goal, maybe we would have got back in the game and got nicked a point. Um, but a real missed opportunity against the Newcastle team that are really not, they're really struggling with their injuries. And so that was a real missed opportunity and a bit of a wake up call that we were in a bit of a slump. Um, but then we went a bit smashed Sheffield United away from home. I talked about how we, we hadn't won there since like 2018. And we went, we what? Four nil up at half time, one five nil. Very comfortable victory. Um, where we were fantastic across the board. Five nil, five one. Uh they had a disallowed goal in like oh, uh, was with it? Oh. five minutes to go. Uh, it oh, was okay. a toenail offside um sort of thing. So yes. um and so the good vibes were back. And then we went and had a, a really, really, really disappointing night in the FA Cup. Um, in the replay against Chelsea, we were 2-0 down inside 10 minutes and again lost 3-1. Um, so we'd had this really good home record where if we'd have beaten Newcastle and then Man United, um, we'd have gone a whole calendar year without defeat at Villa Park. And then Ooh. we ended up with three defeats in the next three home games. Um, the Chelsea one was just as bad if not worse than the Newcastle game we never really looked like getting back in the game um granted the third goal should never have stood because it just was it wasn't a free kick and then Enzo Fernandez scores an absolute world-class free kick it's absolutely top draw um but that game was a write-off the effort I went to to watch that game in Austria was for nothing <laughs> um but you said you're doing shots every time we got oh, or something. Yeah, we would do it. Yeah, before, because I dragged my mates and my mates' dads to come and watch the game. I'd already done it for the Sheffield United game. And then for the Villa game, we said for every goal that goes in, we have to do a shot of schnapps. And we were 2-0 down inside 10 minutes. Um, then the third went in. And like, you obviously we were obviously drinking anyway. And we kind of we didn't want to do any more. And then Musa Diaby scored in the last minute. I've never not celebrated a Villa goal so much. Like I didn't <laughs> want to have to do another shot. If we weren't getting back in the game, I didn't want us to score. Sure. Um, so yeah, that was a disaster. And then we had Man United at home, huge game where we played absolutely brilliantly for eighty minutes, maybe seventy-five minutes. And in the two periods that sort of bookended the game, we weren't amazing and we were punished for it. Um, another day, we'd have comfortably won that game 4-5-1. or five, one, And it's not an exaggeration. The chances that we had and the chances that we missed, um, of course, that could have taken us 11 points clear of Man United as well. So to lose the game, especially so late on with such a, a real poor goal to concede, despite the absolute quality cross from Dallow. Um, that was really disappointing. Um, but then again, in typical sort of Unai Emery fashion, we really bounced back again after a poor, poor result. We played Fulham at the weekend. Um, 
where with fans we haven't won at Fulham in a long, long, long time. If you exclude the the lockdown year where we won three nil, I couldn't tell you the last time we won at Fulham. We, not a happy hunting ground for us, of course. It was arguably the worst night of the season last year when we went to Fulham, which was Gerrard's last game where we lost three nil. Uh, had a man sent off and own goals, penalties, that everything that went wrong that night, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong that night. Uh, and it ended with Steven Gerrard getting sacked in the tunnel. Um, <laughs> but this time, th- th- like a complete contrast though, this time where the good vibes are in the club, um, the team are doing well on the pitch. Um, I thought we were absolutely brilliant. Um, made it a bit more hard work for ourselves than we should have done. We were very, very comfortable and well worth our two goal lead. And then we've conceded a goal, a bit of a sloppy goal out of nothing. And all of a sudden put ourselves under quite a lot of pressure in the last 20 minutes of the game that we really shouldn't have done because we were in complete control and Fulham hadn't really threatened us at all. Um, And all of a sudden we were maybe like panicking and worried that we might not, um, might not get over the line. Um, but Emmy Martin has bailed us out a couple of times, especially late on against Adama Traore. I'm so glad Adama Traore didn't score against us. That would not have been a, a fun time. Um, but very, very positive. Um, because we conceded, we didn't keep the clean sheet and made it... Well, we were we, we made it a bit hairy for ourselves towards the end. We gave Fulham um, sort of a kick up the backside and the fans got going and all that. Um I will only grade it a B. If we'd have kept the clean sheet, it definitely would have been an A, but it'll be a B. And my three-word match review will be back on track. So I'm hoping that we we are. It seems like we're on the right lines. We've had two good performances in a row. We're hopefully coming out of that slump. Man of the match, it's a toss-up. There's a few candidates in there. I thought Matty Cash played very well. Um, John McGee. I'm probably going to give it to John McGinn slash Ollie Watkins. Watkins scored the two goals and they were very good clinical finishes. Um, but I'll give it to John McGinn. I think he he wasn't on like the official like Villa four players, but for me, I thought he was brilliant. He was in that defensive midfield role uh, because we've got no Kamara anymore. Um, and I thought he did a job brilliantly. And then when we needed to see the game out in that last 15, 20 minutes, he was just fantastic at that there's there's not many players i'd really want to help see a game out than john mcginn when he's up for it and he's like just throwing himself into tackles and like like he gets the ball and he'll just like stick his ass into someone just to like waste a bit of time and keep them away from it and um he's a very unique player in that regard um so i'll give it to him but it was massive to have pal torres back he was sublime he was absolutely brilliant uh, he's a Rolls-Royce of a centre-back uh, to excuse, if you can excuse my uh, usual Tim Sherwood, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like... The Paul Merson like, coming out in you there. Um, he, he's, a, he's such a huge part of how we play, and so to have him back is absolutely brilliant. So, we'll bring on Forrest this week. It's going to be my first game of the year. So... Yeah. I'm excited. I'm buzzing to get back down to Villa Park. So fair enough. This puts you up to are you fourth again now? Back up to fourth. Yes, because um, the Dogheads did us a favour against Spurs. So, they did, um, yeah, they did. Dingles. So, did yeah. <laughs> Not to be disparaging so, to any Wolves fans listening, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no. No. Fair enough. Obviously, 
the next few, the next, obviously we're starting to get into that final sort of quarter of the season, final quarter of the season now near enough. So, um, but I mean, all the games are big games and massive, but like we've, we've got in the next five or six games, we've got to play Wolves. We've got to play Spurs and we've got to play Manchester City. They're all coming up on the horizon. So, you know, a trip to Luton away in a couple of weeks isn't easy either. Um, so really important period. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Right, so shall we uh, dig into some housekeeping, Dan? What's going on down at, down at Blues? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually didn't have, other than the um, the Mowbray news this week, I actually didn't have too much really on the housekeeping until about um, half an hour ago when um, I saw the news that, uh, again, just completely, uh, this was completely out of nowhere to me um kevin long has left has left blues um which was yeah just you know when it just completely takes you by surprise yeah i knew nothing about this hadn't seen any rumors about it um but yeah kevin long our center back who signed for us in january 2023 so just a year ago really has signed for um toronto fc in the uh the mls um i mentioned earlier a number of players that are out of contract in the summer and kevin long is one of them so i don't know if the logic is to maybe you know try and get a little bit of money for him um before you know we let him go on a free uh i'll read a little bit of the statement for you it's nothing really that um you wouldn't expect but it just says blues can confirm that kevin long has moved to toronto fc on a permanent transfer a permanent transfer he joins for an undisclosed fee ending a year long association with birmingham city uh, his efforts helped secure the club's championship status with three games remaining last season, ahead of him signing a new contract last summer. Um, so it confirms it's an undisclosed fee. It implies, you know, there is money involved, uh, almost certainly. Probably not a lot, though. No, probably not a lot. But all I can think is the club obviously think he's a little bit surplus to requirements at the minute and we can make do with one centre-back less until the end of the season. Um, so it's kind of a the two sides of it. I should really like Kevin Long as a player for us. He's not... I can see why as we go forward under Mowbray and we look to play more progressively and playing out from the back a bit more and a more possession-based team, I can see how long-term he doesn't fit into that. So I'm not saying we necessarily should have kept him around for next season. Um, but I would have thought he's just a good person to have about from now until the end of the season when we still have these kind of limitations in how we're playing. He is just an old school back to basics defender who really can do a job. Obviously, under Rooney, he barely figured at all, and has came back in under Mowbray. And as you know, when he's played, he's played pretty well. But on the flip side, I can understand it if the club think they can get a little bit of money for him. In the meantime, Mark Roberts has been playing again recently uh, alongside Bielik at centre back. Obviously, by moving Bielik back to centre back, we've kind of gained an extra centre back, I guess, as well. Cody Dramer can play at centre-back. I think Deion Sanderson's back from injury very soon, um, if rumours are to be believed. So I can understand if they think he's just surplus to requirements. Um, kind of a rare case of a player joining in one January and leaving in the next. That is quite odd, I think. Like <laughs> He didn't actually do it. He was with us for a year, but didn't do a full season with us. I find quite strange. Um, but yeah, you know, in a short time, did well for us, always did a job for us. I, I also thought he was a bit more of a... A bit of an experienced head, a bit more of a leader on the pitch. I think something we've really noticed recently with like Sanderson being injured and Duke was injured and obviously doesn't really start many games anyway. Um, we really don't have many leaders. Sunjic has actually captained us for a few games recently, which I find mental. Like, like I 
I, I do quite like Sonjic, but he's definitely not a leader. He's definitely not a captain. Um, Strange to pick him over Ruddy, you'd think. Yeah, yeah, Ruddy sometimes does it, but again, he's been injured a little bit lately as well. My point being, a couple of injuries, and we kind of don't really have many options for leaders. Um, but yeah, I, I get it, but a little bit of a shame. But I wish him well in uh, in Canada. I'm sure he'll do. I'm sure he'll, he'll be uh, a good player for them, hopefully. And yeah, we move on. On the Villa side, oh. Do we have something? Do I have something juicy for you, Dan? Mm. Um, and uh, it get probably gets more juicy as we go. Um, on the ne- we'll start with the good stuff, which is obviously Leon Bailey got a new contract while we were on our little hiatus. Um, well deserved. He's probably been our player of the season so far. He's almost certainly going to win that uh, come the end of the year. Um, and it's good to tie him down. Um, not sure whether there's a release clause in it or not. There was a few rumors that if a big club come in for him then um there's a fee in there but uh we'll keep an eye and see how that goes on but at the very least a new contract for a player re- increases and retains their value which is the most important thing should we move someone like leon bailey on in the next in the summer or the year after as much as i don't want to move him on it's good to that he's um his value is has arguably gone up than it was going to be. Um, on the negative side, obviously the injury front. So Bubakar Kamara confirmed ACL. He's out for the season and for the start of next season, which is a devastating blow, really. Um, obviously, we moved Dendonka out on loan. Um, and uh, so in terms of defensive midfield, um, he's a big, big loss. And I talked about um, a few weeks ago how over the Christmas period, his rep, three game suspension um, was really costly. So um, we'll have to see how we get on as we go. We just have to deal with it um, and crack on. As I said, John McGinn's done a very good job there and he did a good job there last year as well. And weirdly, we've never lost uh, under an Emery. We've never lost a game where Louise and McGinn have been the two holding midfielders. So uh, we'll see if we can keep that up till the end of the year. Uh, in the Sheffield United game, Esri Konza got injured. There's no word on that being an ACL, although there was a few murmurings about it, but the club almost certainly would have announced it if it was. So hopefully that's not as bad as we think it is. And Diego Carlos has done his hamstring, so he's out for at least uh, a month or so, um, and along, along with the long-term um, absentees of Emi Buendia and Tyrone Ming. So we are in a bit of an injury crisis and we are a bit threadbare in quite a few places. Um, I mean, there was a lot of worries that Paul Torres might not be fit against Fulham. Thankfully he was, because otherwise we would have seen Callum Chambers make a rare Premier League start. Um, But yeah, so hopefully we can get Konza back, but we don't know how bad it is. Um, The other stuff is, so there's been some allegations around Chris Heck. So we're going to word this very, very carefully. Um, So this is kind of what we know. So um, a leaked letter to the fan advisory board and I believe to the FA was posted onto Twitter by an account that had started up called AVFC staff. Um, Whether it's, whether there's legs in it or not, remains to be seen this it's it sounds like there's a bit of legs to it judging by some of the uh other some of the other people that have commented on it so um it's alleged um hr matters are not being handled in line with uk law it's also alleged that examples of illegal or inappropriate practices by chris heck who is our president of football operations and ben hatton who's the coo the chief operating officer um some staff 
have been forced out or have allegedly been forced out or not welcomed back after sick leave for one example being mental health um, reasons. Uh, it's alleged that staff have res- who have resigned have been reported to reportedly told to just leave that day, and that apparently Chris Heck has attempted to not pay them for their notice period. Um, a series of female staff have apparently left due to feeling marginalised and disrespected. Um, apparently, Ben Hatton has uh, gone on to hire three, and I quote, pals um, to high operating staff and contract jobs uh, with no hr process um apparently the new crest uh, that we've talked about before was designed in september 2023 before the fan consultation process uh and executives were having a photo shoot in ties emblazoned with the new crest uh in december which is obviously uh, around the time when the trademark got leaked um and that the new crest has been sold to stakeholders on a lie that shirt sales for this year were down um, although I would like to add into that, it, whether that's true or not on the shirt sales point of view, I think it's fair to add that the controversial BK8 sponsorship, um, along with the current economic situation we find ourselves in and the price of football shirts, would probably impact on them possibly being down um, rather than just the new crest, which I believe I think people have you know taken quite well, but. And apparently the the other main highlight was that Chris Heck wants to remove certain members of the fan advisory board because of what they've said to um, publications about the changes in Crest and the processes behind that. So quite severe stuff. Um, we'll see what happens and uh, with that. Um, if, it, if these allegations and this letter is true and is genuine by... Uh, staff at Aston Villa Football Club that needs to be taken very very seriously and questions uh, Chris Eck and Ben Hatton really need to be looked at um, if it's not true which and it, you know we don't know and it is a possibility then it, someone's playing a bit of a sick game and well we've, we've fallen for the bait but that's kind of what's going on so something to keep an eye on and uh, yeah yeah definitely um, keep tabs on that Uh, cool. Should we um, move on to uh, this weekend's matches, Carl? Yes. Let's get on to the more optimistic stuff. Um, yep. We are both playing at three o'clock on a Saturday. Wow. What a second, time. For the second week. For the second week in a row. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Enjoy it while it lasts, Dan, because the Europa Conference League is starting up again yeah, in a couple of weeks. Back. And uh, we're going back to those Sunday two o'clocks. True, true. Um, you've got, you mentioned it earlier, you've got Forest at home, haven't you? And you're going? Yes. Yeah, I'm going. First first game of the year. Um, buzzing to go. Really excited. Don't really know what to expect from Forest, really. They, they are still down at the bottom. Um, and they did have that sort of new manager bounce under Nuno. Um, but then they sort of slumped again. But they had a good result. They beat West Ham at home last weekend. So, yeah, they are a bit of a, a rogue. You don't really know what you're going to get from them, I guess. You know, they've got some, you know, Players like Elanga, Awanyi, and Callum Hudson-Odoi can turn up and cause problems one week and then be absolutely useless the next. Uh, Morgan Gibbs-White, I rate very, very highly, and he will be a threat and a danger. And he's ex-Wolves as well. So if we cannot let him score, that would be quite... I'd appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're hopefully we're in this... You know, the the ro- We're going back up again after 
a difficult winter. Um, you know, as I said, this is a really important few games in the run up to when we play Spurs, and obviously we're ahead of Spurs at the moment, so we win our games. We're still going to be ahead of them when we come to play them. We don't want to be losing this week, losing to Luton the week after, and all of a sudden we could be you know, four or five points behind Spurs and putting even more pressure on that game when we don't really want to have to do that. Um, so we'll we'll see. I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm going to predict a 2-0 win. Um, I back us at Villa Park, even though we, we like lost the last three games at Villa Park, out, which has been a bit of a rarity. I think we'll turn it around. So we'll go for a 2-0. Yeah, it pains me to say it, but yeah, I would very much expect you to get three points. Um against Forest at home. Um, we have got... We're away at You've Ipswich. You've got Ipswich. Yeah. Um, I, I went to Norwich away earlier in the season. I, uh, I don't think I'll be doing the East Anglian uh, <laughs> trek again. There's a long, long way. Um, uh, not this season anyway. Um, yeah. So, obviously, as I mentioned in, like, the Blues recap, we're in, you know, we're in our last two games. Things are quite positive. Obviously, Mark Venus and the coaching staff will be taking charge of the game instead. Um I I think it's a bit of a misconception at the minute that Ipswich are in free fall or something. Yeah. Um, obviously, they were second. They were in the top two for so long. Uh, and then they went on a run where people kind of assumed they were really falling away, really dropping off. And they, for what we've seen of them this season, yeah, I guess, relatively speaking, they were. And, and they had a really bad FA Cup defeat to Maidstone as well. Which Yes, they did. In actually, the middle yeah. of all that, that didn't help. Yeah, true, true. I did forget about that, actually. Um, but... They're still easily it's so a Leicester atop, and I feel like the brackets are like it's them top. Then the next three, which are in any order, Leeds, Southampton, Ipswich, and then there's another clear gap between fourth and fifth. West Brom in fifth, and the chasing pack there. Ipswich are comfortably in that top four um, still, and they've only there's this perception that they've kind of really tailed off. They've only lost two of their last ten games. They've only lost four games all season. Um, which is remarkable, really. Even Leicester have lost more than that. Um, and they won, they absolutely smashed Millwall, I think it was, away last week, 4-0. Four, uh, and then they beat Swansea away as well, 2-1. Um, uh, the only, so we're recording this on Tuesday, they're actually playing tonight, they're playing Rotherham at home, which I would very much imagine they'll win. Um, obviously, from a Blues perspective, tiny little advantage that we get obviously we're not playing midweek hopefully gives us an extra few days rest but i'd very much expect to switch to win that game i don't really know why rather bother coming up to be honest they're i, I don't know why they're but they're bottom every time they're in the championship um so i not to be ne- negative i if we get anything i think it's a bonus i don't expect us to I don't expect us to win. It'd be amazing if we did, and you never know, of course. They draw a lot of games at home, I've noticed recently. A lot of those draws they've picked up tend to be at home. I think I think they've only won one home game since the turn of the year. Um, but, yeah, no, they're still a high-quality team. Kieran McKenna's done an unbelievable job there this season, their first season back up in the Championship. Um, if we can get a draw, brilliant. But if we lose but keep these performance levels up, then I'll take that. It's a tough couple of games coming up with that. And then I think it's Southampton the following week. So yeah, two really hard games there. Um, but if we can keep the performance levels up and give a good account of ourselves, then I'll, you know, that's that's something at least. Um, so yeah, it's switch away for us on Saturday. Tricky, tricky game. 
tricky yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and absolutely. in difficult circumstances as well. So you never really know mm. what you're going to... You don't know what... You, it's a real unknown, I suppose. Yeah, completely, completely. We, uh, we played there... When we played them in the reverse fixture, it was the first point Rooney got, I think. And we drew them 2-2, and it was really mm. quite a ferocious game um, in a good way, you know, exciting game to watch. So hopefully it's similar this weekend. Um, we were looking out to beat them, actually. We were 2 we Yeah, we were 2 up. Um But yeah... Uh, that's that's on Saturday anyway. Uh, should we um, call it a day, Carl? Yeah, I was going to say I think that just about wraps us up. Um, yeah, if you if you're new to the Second City podcast, do hit that subscribe button on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Um, something that we, I always mean to mention at the start and I always forget, so I'm going to mention it at the end, not that it really matters anymore, but for weeks going forward, you know, if you are only really interested in the Villa side or the Blues side or just what shirts we're wearing at the start, um, there are timestamps, um, especially on, I know on YouTube and Apple Podcasts in particular, you can easily jump around the podcast to the bits that you definitely want to hear, uh, but I recommend you listen to it all. Um and also go and listen to our Second City stories. Obviously, we did one two weeks ago on Bruce, which I think was really, really good, if I do say so myself. Um, there's, some, uh, there's ones on Hotter, Heskey, and McLeish. So go and check them out. Um, and then just follow us on TikTok and Twitter and all that. Uh, what's the handle, Dan? It's Second City Pod. So that's 2ND City Pod. And yeah, you can find us everywhere with that. Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's believe. it. We don't, we don't, we, we yeah. haven't, we haven't. <laughs> no, quite... that's it. Sorry, no, we're not on it. <laughs> we're not, we're, we're not on Instagram. We haven't quite got around Instagram, to doing Instagram no. yet. Uh, if someone wants to, if someone wants to be our social media guru just for yeah. free, our um, influencer. Then, yeah, yeah, then uh, hit us up because uh, it'll take some of the, take some of the pressure off us too. Um, mm, absolutely. Yeah. Our busy schedules. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Dan, I'll catch you next week. And, no worries, uh, mate. All that's, all that's left to say is up the villa. Shit on the villa, keep right on, and see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>